I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, I am now joined by Gito Llewellyn, who you can find on Twitter at Gito Llewellyn. He also works over at the JackCast. Um, we are here to talk to him about whales, although we very much miss him talking about Swansea, so we may slide a little bit of that in at the back end of this episode. Um, but Gitta, we'll start off with the beginning of this international break. Started off very promisingly um, with a huge win against Ireland. What was your view of that match? Uh, it was probably Wales's best performance since the Euros back in 2016, um, which says a lot, really. Um, uh Nobody was quite sure what to expect. There were a lot of changes to the squad, a very young squad, uh, and they went out there and absolutely demolished Ireland. It is worth noting before we get started that Ireland were missing a lot of their best players and were awful, absolutely dreadful. Um, Probably the worst I've seen Ireland in many, many years. Um, and And the thing when you're playing against Ireland is you the longer it goes the longer you go without scoring the more it suits Ireland they are very very happy with the score at nil nil that suits them just fine um if they're frustrating the opposition then then they're happy and we took the lead after about five minutes through um one of four very 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 pretty goals on the night um some lovely passing in the build-up and then Joe Allen sliding the most perfectly weighted through ball um, for Tom Lawrence to blast into the net. Um, and then quickly after that, Gareth Bale did what Gareth Bale always does and just finds the back of the net. Um, amazing diagonal pass by Ben Davis. Some of the sexiest chest control you've ever seen in your life from um, Bale and then blasted it into the top corner. Um, and then before half time, it was 3 0. Um, Ethan Ampadu, who was sensational in that game. Uh, winning the ball back in midfield, passing it into Ramsey, who um, slotted into the bottom corner. So it was 3 0 at half time. And the, some of the football, it was so attacking, it was so positive, passing the ball brilliantly, creatively, uh, playing with pace. Um, everything that you would want to see in the, in the performance, it was there. And um, another really, really nice goal by um, Connor Roberts on his competitive debut in the second half, made it 4 0. Ireland did get one back just purely because Aaron Ramsey kind of decided to stop playing in uh, on the edge of his own area and gave the ball away to Sean Williams. But, um, you know, that was never going to be anything more than a consolation goal for Ireland. Um, Wales were really, really good. Um, very, very... I mean, for such a young squad um, to play that kind of football was very, very exciting. And it was um, it was a shame that only about 25,000 people were there to witness it, but it was the kind of performance which will get more people there in future. Yeah, we'll touch on the youth uh, a bit later because you mentioned them a few times there. 
Um, obviously always good to see young talent coming through for the national team. Um, unfortunately, followed that up with a loss to Denmark. But there was a lot of drama heading into that one because of Denmark's strike against their FA and whether or not they would actually play for them. Uh, what did you think about that whole situation heading in? It was so weird. I always think of the Danes as such logical and sensible people. And suddenly, like a couple of days before uh, an international break, the players are all on strike and the um, you know the, the football federation is refusing to, um, to to compromise with them. The coach is off on holiday somewhere. It was just it was just crazy. It, was, it just wasn't what you'd expect from from the Danes. <laughs> really, is that you know you you may expect that from a crazy country like France, where you know sport is just all over the place and and you never know what to expect from them. But Danes is meant to be above that kind of thing. They're meant to be intelligent people and very you know, measured and um, you know professional about uh, about their work. And um, they they really were not in any way. But uh, weirdly, I think it worked out in their favour because this bizarre cluster of semi-professional and futsal players went out to Slovakia for a friendly. Actually, did okay on the whole, considering you know the fact that they'd never played before, that they weren't. Um, full-time professional footballers. Um, they they actually didn't play too badly against Slovakia, despite losing 3-0. Um, but the fact that they went out there meant that the senior players, the Ericsons and um, the Schoeners and the Delaney's and the Schmeichels and Shares of this world, they were totally fresh going into Sunday's match. Um, whereas Wales had played just a couple of days before and you know travelled all the way over to Denmark for the match. Um, so whereas before the match, I was thinking, oh, even if, you know, the first team players uh, refuse to, uh, well, decide to end their strike and um, play for the national side again, they're still, you know, they still won't have had any time together. They won't have had much training. But in actual fact, they were really, really fresh um, and um, very energetic for the game. And um, it, it ended up making a big difference, um, as anybody who watched the game will have seen. Yeah, and it seems that Christian Eriksen continued his personal vendetta against you in particular in the country of Wales on the whole. Yes, um, Christian Eriksen, for such a nice guy, um, is among my most hated footballers. He <laughs> has now played 11 games against Swansea and Wales in his career, and he scored 10 goals in those 11 games, which is just insane. <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't had time to look at his like larger scoring record, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't usually score at a rate of one per match or close to that. He's also got six assists in those matches. Um, I mean, he, he, I mean, we all know uh, Ericsson's a very, very, very good footballer. He is a classy, classy attacking midfielder. Um, but his goal scoring record and his assist record against Swansea, first of all, and now against Wales, is just it. It it is offensively good. It is. <laughs> insane um he I, was, I would personally like to apologize uh for him <laughs> i i accept your apology um <laughs> he is a big reason why spurs were the only ever present team that the whole time that we were in the premier league who we did not beat um so um yeah ericsson is just a brilliant footballer and he was the difference um between wales and uh denmark wales started the game pretty well and it was, it was pretty even up until Denmark took the lead after about half an hour with them. Um, you know, Denmark, well, Ericsson got 
space in the box and turned and finished it beautifully, coming in, uh, bouncing in off the post. Um, really nicely taken goal and um, it, it knocked Wales. I think over the last few years, Wales have had a real problem when we have um, gone behind. Um, we, I, th- I think after the Euros, teams worked out that as long as you do not give us any space, then then you've, you, you've really nullified a lot of our... Um, problems. We really struggle when teams park the bus or when they close down any kind of space. Uh, the the great thing about the Ireland game a couple of days earlier was that Ireland gave us acres and acres of space all over the pitch, and we could just run into that space at pace. You know, and, and we do have a number of speedy players, but they a lot of them do depend on having that space to run into, and it just wasn't there as soon as Denmark took the lead, um, and the less space they got, the less the fewer chances Wales got. I think maybe slightly because the the team had so many youngsters in it, but in fairness to, you know, the senior players weren't at their best, the likes of Ramsey and Bale. Um the team got a bit panicky, tried kind of Hail Mary stuff, um whipping the ball trying to hit the ball long instead of playing the kind of passing football we saw against Ireland. I think just um, they just lost their heads a little bit and lost their structure and it just played into Denmark's hands and um, they got the penalty in the second half which some people thought was a harsh call I personally think it was a handball by Ampadu um, it was one of those where yes it's a close range but Ampadu's arm is out and if your arm is out in that kind of kind of position then it, it's going to be given as a handball um, of course Eric Erickson stepped up and slammed the ball into the back of the net. Uh, and as soon as it went 2-0, that was it then. It was, it was game over. And um, Denmark were fully deserving of, of the win. They were significantly better than Wales. And um, they deserved their place at the top of um, top of the group. Um, it, it was, I mean, Ryan Giggs described it as a learning curve for Wales. And I think it was. I think a lot of the youngsters had a bit of a tough time adapting to um, the different kind of game against better players in Denmark. Um it wasn't an awful performance by any means, but but we were definitely second best in that match, no doubt about it. Yeah, touching on those young, talented players, um, as you mentioned, uh, Roberts and Lawrence both score in the first one. Uh, Ampadu, uh, as you mentioned, had a very good match in that one, played in the second one as well. So it does seem like there's a lot of young blood coming through in the Welsh national side. Which players should we really be keeping an eye on, and, and which ones do you think are a little bit more of a flash in the pan? There are so many good young kids coming through at the moment. It's it's a real transitional period um, in Welsh football. I think there was a little bit of criticism in the uh, World Cup qualification campaign that Chris Coleman was maybe um, too um, too loyal to, to the players from Euro 2016. Some of them were past their best. Some of them were form, but they were still getting a place in, um, in the team when probably he should have been looking to the younger generation for... Um, for some fresh blood, um, but we've got some absolutely fantastic players coming through. Um, I think Ethan Ampadu is the standout player. He, the fact that he's 17 is astonishing. Um, he, against Ireland, was probably the best player on the pitch. Um, did not put it, I, I cannot remember him misplacing a pass all game, and that included some stunning long diagonals as well as some brilliant through balls. Um, he is so confident on the ball. He is able to do the defensive work too. Um, his positional sense is very good. He is a 
clearly a very intelligent footballer. Um, he can play at centre back or in midfield. He is, I you know, we're, we're trying not to overhype him, but realistically speaking, he does have the ability to be an absolutely world class player. Um, it's a bit of a shame, really, that he's at the same club as Angola Conte, um, because um, that he's got his minutes at Chelsea are going to be limited as a result of that. But um, I, I think phew, at, at any other Premier League club, he'd be getting more minutes. Um, he is a, a sensational talent, and um, he can only get better um, over the coming over the uh, coming years. And and I just cannot wait to see. If he's like this at 17, I cannot wait to see what he's like in, in three or four years' time. Um, he has a potential to be an absolute world-beater. Um, but he's not the only one. Um, D- David Brooks had a very good game against Ireland. He's had a great start um, to uh, life in the Premier League with Bournemouth. A really exciting winger. Um, great feet. Got plenty of sp- speed. Uh, perhaps needs to find an end product a bit more, but um, you know, again, he's he's still very young and still got plenty of development ahead of him. Um, Colin Roberts is a little bit older, but has you know had a taste of Premier League football last season, did reasonably well in the Championship. Now he's flourishing and um, has probably been Swansea's best player so far, and um, did very well against Ireland the other day. Um, and then you you know you've got uh, um, Mepham at, at Brentford. The young centre back. I mean, to be starting in the championship as a twenty-year-old centre back, um, you know that that's a heck of an achievement. And um, people at Brentford are speaking extremely highly of him. He's already attracting a lot of attention from the Premier League. Didn't have a very good game against Denmark, it has to be said. But he is only twenty. He is still learning. Um, you've got the you've got then the likes of Ben Woodburn, who came on against Denmark. Hasn't really had the best of starts to life at Sheffield United on loan. But um, yeah, again, he's so young and he's got so much talent, and we we know that he he's got a bright future ahead of him. Tom Lawrence isn't very old, even though he's been around for a very long time, and he's flourishing at uh, Derby. Um, as you know, Harry Wilson's at Derby as well. Uh, hasn't had much football over the international break, but uh, he's really starting to to find his feet in the senior game. And a couple of players made their debuts um, over the international break. Matty. Um, there's a Matty Smith, who's on loan from Man City at um, Twente. Um, Tyler Roberts, who can't get, get a game at Leeds, um, but he's been touted for greatness since he was in the um, school, uh, well, at schoolboy level, um, has really looked a cut above everybody else at his age level. Um, I mean, at the moment, there are a lot of players coming through who you're thinking, wow, they are, you know, they, they are destined for greatness. But um, we should remember that we have had quite a few. Um, golden generations over the last few years and um, whilst a lot of them have gone on to be fantastic like Ramsey and Bale and um, the, and the likes um, you know there are the likes of George Williams who was expected to be fantastic and amazingly was in the um, the Euro 2016 squad but is now playing at Forest Green Rovers um, Simon Church believe it or not was expected to be a brilliant striker but has been anything but that man now retired um so you know it's it's a wait and see job but there's there's no doubt that the the absolute diamond among this crop is um ethan ampadu he is just an incredible talent and even now he would start for most premier league teams at the age of 17 
Um, and he would actually be the best midfielder in most midfields age 17. It's just that he's playing for Chelsea. Um, he's still got some, you know, development to, to go, but I, 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 I'll be honest, I've not seen many 17-year-old central midfielders who have looked as comfortable um, whenever he plays, actually, as, as he does. He is so exciting. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Another, uh, at one point, exciting central midfielder was Johnny Williams, a.k.a. Johnny Esta. Does it feel like the the train has passed on him a bit? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there, there are a couple of, kind of the old stages who are always members of the squad who've um, just, um, just just kind of disappeared over recent years. I mean, J- J- Johnny Williams is a, was a phenomenally talented footballer, but I think injuries more than anything else have really curtailed his development. I can't believe he's still at Crystal Palace. Um, he went on loan to Sunderland last season, and again, the injuries just didn't help him at all, but he didn't have much of an impact there. He's stopped. I mean, he was being he was getting brought on as an impact sub for for Wales for many years, but um, his that impact's just died down over the years. And um, yeah, he's he's going to have to do something quite drastic to get back into this side now that it's got so many great youngsters playing in his position. Um, and, and you know, same thing goes for Neil Taylor. There were three left backs in the uh, in the squad for the um, for the recent games. And Neil Taylor wasn't one of them, uh, and that one, you know, a player who was a stalwart of that great Euro 2016 team. Mm. He's, you know, he, well, he, he, he'd had some tough years even before that Euro 2016 campaign, but um, since then it's been a total disaster for him. Um, Chris Gunter was dropped for the first time in absolute years for that Ireland game. I think he'd had 63 consecutive starter wins um, before the Ireland game. Um, and he didn't get a place in the team. Uh, Ashley Williams, you get the feeling his career is starting to come to an end. Hal robson Carno, he's just 29, has retired. We're not sure if that was because he felt he was going to lose his place or not. I'm not sure. Um, interestingly, Sam Volks, who always comes on, did not come on at all over the uh, two games. So there is a feeling that there's a real changing of the guard in Welsh football. Um, we've we've still got, I think the stars, most of the stars of that year, 2016 team, have still got a few years ahead of them. The likes of Bale, Ramsey, Joe Allen, um, James Chester, Ben Davis. You know, these players have still got a couple of years ahead of them um, at their peak. Um, but we've got this young crop now. I think the trick over the coming years will be trying to integrate them into the team and trying to get a winning team whilst developing all these 
youngsters who were coming through the system. Yeah, it sounds like very promising uh, times ahead indeed for Wales there. Um, getting back to those matches, they're obviously part of this UEFA uh, Nations League, which uh, Harry Maguire and many other people apparently do not fully understand. Um, what have you thought of it thus far now that you've participated in two of the matches? And do you think it was the right choice to get rid of all those friendlies? Yes, I, I think it. I think people are tired of international friendlies. Um, you know, they they were they were pretty pointless games. I mean, Wales went years without playing any friendlies, um, and it had a brilliant impact on our um, FIFA ranking. Actually, um, I I I like the idea of the Nations League. I I still don't quite fully understand it. It's a very complicated system, but um, um, it it's. You know, brings another element of competitive football to international to the international game. It gives teams a, another chance at um, a qualification for the Euros. Um, I mean, one criticism—it it does have its criticisms already. I think the top um, tier of the Group A, the League A or Group A, whatever you call it, League A. I think. Um, between all the uh, top sides, it's looked a little bit boring so far. I think that's fair to say. I don't think the games have been particularly memorable or high scoring. And I don't think there is as much at risk for those teams as perhaps for the teams further down um, the um, further down the groups. I think that, you know, all the teams in that top group would expect to qualify for the Euros anyway, which, whereas, you know, if you're in the second, third, or definitely the fourth, um, uh, the uh, well leagues it's it's your best chance of qualification there's no doubt about it and teams that you know would previously struggle to get players up for friendlies suddenly these are actually their biggest matches if you're talking to Kosovo Azerbaijan um Georgia these kind of countries which you know they're trying to build the game but it's such a struggle because they're always ranked so lowly in their uh, in their qualification campaigns this is undoubtedly their best chance to qualify for a major tournament. Um, they should be taking this so seriously. And um, there could be a lot of interesting games, actually, in the in the bottom league between, you know, we're not talking about your San Marinos and your Andorras, even though Andorra have done, um, I think I think they've kept four clean sheets in a row now, which is unbelievable. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know, those, those teams suddenly have a chance of qualification for the first time in their history. Um, and and that's going to be fascinating to watch too. Yeah, I think people were very tired of friendlies, as you say, and in the U.S. we're still uh, dealing with them. But uh, hopefully, there there is some kind of development from this around the world. Um, we promised a little bit of Swansea action at the Open, and so we're going to fulfill that now. Uh, obviously, you were on the Premier League show for four or five years, so there are plenty of people, I'm sure, who are wondering both how you are doing personally and also. How your beloved Swansea are doing? Seems like there's a lot of off the field mess, much like Tottenham at the moment. But on the field, things seem to be going fairly well. Yeah, if you ignore the way the club is being run, it's it's a fantastic season. Um, I think the Swans have had a brilliant start to the season, uh, all things considered. I know when teams get relegated from the Premier League, they're expected to kind of challenge to go straight back up. But we know that it is a difficult transition, and for Swansea, it was particularly um, difficult. Um, interviews with the owners of the last few days have just proved that we gambled to a large extent on um, Premier League safety. Uh, a lot of the finances of the club were tied up with Premier League money. Now that that is gone, they've had to just sell at an alarming rate. Many players going on the cheap. 
um, many of those players we couldn't actually sell, so we had to loan out on um, ridiculous conditions. Um, and, and we've not been able to bring many players in. Uh, it's been a shambles of a summer. It really has. Um, but the end product is that we've got um, a, 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 an absurdly young squad full of teenagers and players in their early 20s um, and a, a completely untested manager. But together, they are doing a fantastic job. Graham Potter's working miracles at the moment. He's had a shocking summer transfer-wise uh, to deal with. Um, he adopted a team which had just totally forgotten how to play football um, and, and, and were really stinking of, of losing um, after, after years of struggle in the Premier League. It was always going to be a challenge to turn things around. And I think he really has started doing that. Um, it, it's far from the end product, but going into the international break, the Swans were six in the league. Um, they've only lost one game, and some of the football has been really, really encouraging. We're back to seeing fast-paced passing, attacking football at the Liberty. And do you know what? That you know, whatever happens in the league this season, if we see that, then fans are going to be happy. Um, we've got players now. I, I mean, for the last, I mean, last year, I, I, I came on the pod and said several times how. I, I had no affection for the players. I really had no love for our players at all. Even when we were doing reasonably well under Carlos Cavial, um, I, I really didn't like our players, um, which is a horrible position to be in when you're a fan. Fast forward to now, and it's a completely different situation. These are players, young players, who are really hungry to make their mark uh, and impress, and they are so easy to be proud of. I mean, in our last game against Millwall, we were down to 10 men after five minutes uh, after a shocking tackle by um, uh, by, by one of our debutants. Um, but, so we're down to 10 men after five minutes at the Den, which is historically a very difficult place to go. Millwall took the lead in the second half and we somehow came back um, to, to score two fantastic goals to win the game. Uh, and that was after Leroy Fair had gone off injured and Martin Olsen too. We had Kyle Norton playing as a central midfielder. Uh, well, I mean, to put that into context, Kyle Norton isn't very good at his own natural position. <laughs> to put him in at central midfield um, was, was um, asking for trouble. And he came up with a stunning goal uh, out of nowhere. And, and then Jeff Montero came on, who's really made a name for himself now as an impact sub off the bench and um, set up um, Ollie McBurney for the winner. And it's it's just a joy to watch the Swans this season. We're not going to win every game. I think with such a thin squad as well, um, when the, when the, when we really get, get into the thick of the season and injuries start fighting and players struggle to keep fit, I think we're going to see a downturn in form. I don't see us challenging for promotion back to the Premier League this season. But the early signs are that we are undoubtedly heading in the right direction. And I just hope that the people upstairs do not do anything to upset Graham Potter because he's got something special about him. There is no doubt about that. And we need to be doing everything that we can to keep him happy. Yeah, and I'm sure, as you said, it's just great to see good football played by Swansea again, considering that was very much the brand um, when you came up to the Premier League is you played very tidy stuff. And unfortunately, that had gone from you alongside the results um we'll get to an absolute pleasure having you back on uh, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you or anything you're working on yeah thanks for having me back on really enjoyed it um uh the jackcast is away for this week but we should be back next week after our game against nottingham forest if you want to uh, hear more about how the swan is doing 
Um, you can also um, read my work in my new uh, weekly column on Wales Online and in the South Wales Evening Post, uh, which has taken over from uh, my column at the uh, Command and Journal. Um, so you can read that online now every single week. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Gito. It was great speaking with you and catching up. And uh, best of luck to both Swansea and Wales throughout the season. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.